Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to our next episode of the Water Trio Astrology Podcast. I'm here with my dear friends, Cassandra and Alicia, and we have got some thoughts about the astrology of the week starting Monday, February 25th. So this is obviously the last few days of February, first couple of days of March. We did have a very busy, uh, very full week last week, uh, and this week is more mellow. And I think we, we were just talking in our pre-show chat around we're going to try and contain ourselves and, you know, each of us have picked our favorite aspect for the week. And so our intention is to share that and see if we can stick with that. But, you know, we're three gals having a chat. Sometimes things go a little bit on our tangents, but how are you both doing? Uh, how's life? We're really well. well I'm really well. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, wow, March is at our doorstep already crazy yeah it's mm. insane I it always my birthday is at the end of February so my, this is birthday week for me happy birthday girl thanks guys <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's kind of a giveaway so if my birthday is like early in Pisces then you know you guys will be early Scorpio and early Cancer uh so I always find like the end of February for me in Australia feels like the very end of summer um mm. it does it, I've always looked forward to my birthday once I moved to Canada I used to like my birthday because it was like you, you could still go out at night and not need like a jumper or a sweater, like end of February, you could still get those balmy evenings, maybe a light cardigan or something. But end of February in Canada is like, oh my God, we made it. We made it. Um, obviously, I'm not back in Canada yet as we're recording this because I'm not wearing a scarf. Uh, but, you know, you get to the end of February and you think, okay, March the spring equinox, uh, the northern spring equinox is just a few weeks away. So we've only got three more weeks to wait kind of thing because it can feel like winter has really drawn out itself. Mm. So, yeah, I do kind of like this as a transition time. And how about you, Lishi? Just like that's interesting what you say about the uh, seasonal, your birthday and how you associate it with seasons and a turning point within your own life. And uh, how do you find it, Lishi? Yeah, well, mine's... Yeah, mine's spring here yeah. in the Southern Hemisphere anyway. So it's like, you know, for a gal that loves the beach and especially surfing, you know, it's good surf. It's, you know, just time to get to the beach. And just the, I feel like there's that, because it's halfway through spring, it's that op- towards the end, it's that optimistic energy of like, yeah, we've had all the newness and everything start. Let's get into summer. Let's have this happen. So there's this really, um, you know, like, I always feel like the you know the leaves opening on the trees when the, the trees are fully leafed up. Mm. I don't think that's a technical term. Fully <laughs> green. Yes, that's it. But it's still that really pale green, and yes. you know it's still really fresh and new. But it's it's ready. So yeah, for me, it's that's what it feels like. What about you, Cass? Yeah, well, see, I'm kind of like in the dead center of the year, really, Um, just a couple of days after the solstice. So I always used to kind of, I remember having a conversation with my grandfather. I was about, I don't know, 10 or 11, and he was explaining to me how, um, oh, lucky Cass, you weren't born on the shortest day of the year. And uh, I was like, what do you mean? And I was asking him all these questions and he was not explaining to me solstices per se, but I always associated my birthday with the days getting longer. So um, that was always like a turning point that I didn't kind of really know about back then and it was always something to really look forward to. As a kid, I hated my birthday because 
um, it was always in the winter and it wasn't really good for a pool party or doing any of the fun stuff that all the other kids were doing. And I remember even as a kid kind of going, I want to like live in the Northern Hemisphere and have a summer birthday just to see what it feels like. So, um, but yeah, I do, you know, I'm basically sort of that halfway between Christmas Christmases. So it always felt like, uh, I always felt kind of lucky because I would have presents at Christmas and six months later presents on my birthday. <laughs> so it wasn't like one of those scenarios Well, oh, listen, Cass, you bought it February or January, like in the early part of the year. Let's just double up on your present. You can have one big one. So <laughs> I never had to deal with that sort of stuff. So um, as a kid, but yeah, no, I just love it that it's kind of like, you know, there's that real kind of significant shift and turning point in the energy and it's always a nice check-in for me personally set some new goals as we enter into the kind of down you know the downslide into the year so yeah I like it mm. yeah well I always hated the fact that my day, my birthday is the day before Halloween so you know everyone I think it's cool oh. <laughs> well, it's kind of cool now but back then they were like oh you're a witch <laughs> when it had bad connotations and now that's a good thing exactly exactly and I think it's no surprise that Halloween's actually during Scorpio season so yeah it totally <laughs> totally um so speaking of witchy stuff yeah any astro who's up what astro do you want to talk about this week I think Cass you might be up if we go I might, chronologically I might be up on the Venus can join the south node what's that yeah. 25 Capricorn so yeah. yeah look oh lots of thoughts here um mm, where to start look um you know Venus is that you know, as we sort of said in the last episode, because she was a bit of a feature planet last week, you know, she is that the binding and unifying connections. You know, when I'm describing Venus to students, I often talk about baking where you have the dry ingredients and then you add the wet ingredients, like your eggs and your milk. And that's what Venus does in our life. She's like the wet ingredients to, that adds to the dry and she helps to bind and connect things. And so, you know, that's her primary role, her primary focus. And then we sort of have her, you know, going up against the south node. And you might just have to have a little bit of a check check in with yourself. You know, where are you trying to overdo Venus kind of stuff? And it might be leaking your energy. It might be draining you or sapping a little bit more from you than, than you really have left to give. Because if you think about Venus in Capricorn as she is, she's already a little bit thin on the ground with what she has to offer anyway um from a you know a, you know venus in saturn sign so she's already a little bit cautious she's already a little bit reserved she's a little bit like you got to kind of you know gain my respect before i can give you anything so if you are kind of being a little bit disrespected or a little bit kind of uh, taken for granted you know on the south node there there's that kind of check-in yeah maybe I just have to let this one slip away from me or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you girls? What are your thoughts on that? I, this one, Venus South Node always makes me think about the ghosts of relationship past, mm. like, you know, the old Dickens story, you know, the ghosts of Christmas past. And it just makes me think of, 
you know, the South Node being old or from the past or things that are maybe a bit stuck or a bit stagnant. So sometimes it can bring up literally people from the past. Yes. Uh, now I always say, you know, that doesn't mean you're meant to necessarily like get back together and stay together. But sometimes someone from your past resurfaces under an aspect like this and you there's one little final piece, whether we call it closure, you know, with air quotes or whether there's like, you know, you physically need to hand them back something or whether something just needs to be said to really have that kind of mm. completion or I can let go with a level of maybe more peace or acceptance or it's really done now. Yeah. Um, so it sort of and speaks this, to what you're saying, Cassia, like the letting go for yeah, sure. Yeah, there is this thing, you know, when it comes to Venus and and connection, especially if they've got that karmic quality to them. Yeah. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, you know, does every connection need to be explored? Mm, yeah. How, yeah. Or how much? Like, is it, yeah. you know, is it going to be worth my while? You know, there's because there, I think, and I think we alluded to this in our last week episode where, you know, Venus in Capricorn is a little bit structured and there is a conditional quality. It's like we are working together. We're doing things for each other. It's not so much an expectation, but it is this feeling of like, we're not doing this for nothing kind of thing. Mm, yes. And with Venus on the South Node, it's a little bit like of just making sure you do feel there is that worth or that value totally um, in your connections. Um, it did make me think of one of us having a personal story about Venus in the South Node um, with, you know, that coming up as a sinistry thing. So it also oh. shows a very intense relationship. <laughs> That's that my comment. Can Does have. every connection need to be explored? But, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's the fate and free will. That's $64 million question. Like sometimes we have our intuition knows one thing, but we need to follow it anyway. We need to find out for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Leish? Sorry, I realised Cass and I have been... Hence, hence I'm the only single one here, so of course it's me, right? So. <laughs> well, actually, that's oh, a comment. I was actually not referring to you, Cass. I was referring to a relationship that our Scorpio sister had had oh, many, many, years ago, <laughs> many years ago. I thought that was a Venus retrograde relationship. Was it retro? Yeah, it I happened during the retro, Venus but there was a South Node. History. Yes. Yeah. You're right as well. There definitely was. Yeah. And look, you know, I think, and I'm thinking about... The, Cass, I've definitely kissed some frogs to get to where I am right now. And yet I don't regret a single thing. And I think, Kel, what your point of looking at ghosts of relationship past is a beautiful one, but I almost feel like this is a chance for us to go, okay, am I carrying the baggage from those relationships mm. still? How much have I grown and how much have I stretched past this? Let's put that baggage down now and yes. walk off because I feel for me... Venus in Capricorn can simplify things down to really what is needed. And, you know, those those basic things that you've been talking about, about respect and value. And I think it's very much our relationships with others, but also our relationship with ourselves. And also, so, you know, with this, if relationships outside reflect on our relationships with ourselves and offer that mirror, and I always get convoluted in my head about this, so I hope I don't confuse anyone, but basically don't allow your external relationships to affect your relationship with yourself. So if you've had bad relationships in the past, they're not necessarily a telling of you. It just maybe things didn't work out um, and that you were meant to go on another path. So really examining how you value yourself and what you offer to a relationship and 
letting go of anything that may be holding you back in that area as well. So put down that baggage and a, walk on free. It's a good one, Leishi, because it's a bit like Marie Kondoing your relationships. If you don't spark me joy, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was even thinking Marie Kondo's very Venus herself. Like she's so beautiful. I think she's, and she's either a Libra or she has a bunch of planets in Libra. I think oh, that's yeah, what that I makes so much sense. I haven't yeah. watched the show, but I know oh. enough to kind of make the joke. But yes, yeah, so I have heard she's uh, very Libra because everyone assumed Virgo, yes. but it's actually something she's got a south nodal connection or something like that. I think oh. quite strongly placed in her chart. I'll have to have, we'll have to have a look and maybe uh, tap back into it. But yeah, Marie Kondo, your relationship. I'm mm. loving this. That's the hashtag for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say something like it too, but I feel like with no, Marie no, no. Kondo, Marie Kondo, Marie Kondo, but it feels like that she is just the <laughs> essence of this South Node and Capricorn energy. Totally. It's like there is supposed to go for it. Mm. Yeah, there's no surprise that she's come to her for now because she's been around for years and friends of mine have been Marie Kondoing for like the last three or four years. But, you know, this Netflix episode of hers, I mean, there's so many memes and um, parodies happening on YouTube that are just hilarious. So, yeah, if you want a bit of a laugh, what was the one? Marie Kondo, someone's done this rap parody about how his wife Marie Kondoed him and he came home to trash bags all over the lawn. Oh, that's the Holderness family. That's right. Yes. Funny. Yeah, Um, I'll put that link in the show notes. It's very funny. Because doesn't she have like a travel packing kind of protocol as well, like how to pack suitcases and things like that? I mean, everything is like her her drawer folding, like the way she suggests you fold clothes in a drawer. When I read her book a few years ago, I was like, oh, my God, this has changed my life. I can fit so many more clothes in my drawer. And I'm sure – and I'm like I can see them all. And I think the travel packing is similar, Cass, like the way she has everything. Yeah, I think I might have caught a YouTube video of hers when I was – packing for UAC. <laughs> yeah, friend. when you were on your <laughs> Cancerian, like, Yeah, I was getting all cancer. Yeah, it was, research. wasn't I? I loved um, it. So, yeah, my Virgo friends are all over this. The one who in particular is travelling through Southeast Asia at the moment and she Marie Kondoed everything, oh, <laughs> yeah, backing for her entire family. So, yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So this is like there's a weird shift with the Astro this week because we go from like the let it go. I mean, you can all belt out Elsa from Frozen if you want, if you need a soundtrack um, with your love life, as Kat said. Um, (laughs) But then the aspect that I like was – really excited to talk about so much so that I had to change my aspect this week is uh, the Moon-Jupiter conjunction was happening in Sag kind of like the next day, um, midweek, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, And this is like the total opposite energy because it's about accumulation, it's about increase, it's about maybe abundance. So if you've done too much letting go, um, (laughs) there's, there's a chance now to put some things back in maybe, but with a little bit more of that meaning or purpose if you like um i think there's a really simple thing each month this year we will have the moon conjunct jupiter uh at least once and if you're looking for like the best day on the month 
this is going to be, it's hard to go past this. Um, and when I say like the best day, there'll be a feeling of maybe optimism or hope or possibility. I'm secretly watching to see how many astrologers are going to launch things or announce things or start things on the 27th or the 28th, um, just depending on where in the world they are. Um, cause it is a really, would be really nice in an electional chart. You know, we do those magical moments of picking, picking a good time. This month with the moon uh, connecting with Sag, Jupiter and Sag, it'll be in the third quarter phase, um, which is a little bit more of a high, like with the sun in Pisces, the moon in Sag will be third quarter, if, I have, if I've got that right. Um, so there's, an, there's a heightened urgency in that third quarter moon phase. So this really feels like putting plans into motion, you know, getting things going, taking those risks or those leaps of faith. So I was just really happy for the happiness coming out of this aspect. Um, but what about you guys? Do you guys have any thoughts on uh, Moon Jupiter? Moon Jupiter I sure goodness, do. I guess. <laughs> and if you're in Australia, you guys are extra lucky because it's going to happen on Jupiter's day. Like yeah. Thursday being Jupiter's day of the week. It's great for magic. Well, speaking of launching and uh, things and speaking of magic, um, I uh, got a lovely package from our dear friend Caitlin Coppock from Sphere and Sundry um, and a part of um, the collection of things is um, the lightning rod from Jupiter series that she's got. Mm -hmm. So yep. um, I'm going to start working that jupe juice before I enter a Jupiter perfection year in June and start, uh, yes, working on some benevolence um, coming my way with that. So that's my plan. So just working the planetary magic as uh, planets are, you know, in more favourable condition to do so. So, yeah. It's nice. awesome. Can't wait to hear the results on that, Cass. Yeah, it's it's a fun thing, you know. I mean, um, yeah, so if you haven't uh, had a uh, look at uh, Caitlin's wares, I definitely uh, check it out if there's something that you're wanting to attract or bring into your life or remediate for sure. Yeah. We'll pop that in the show notes as well. Thanks. And um, Kel, you've already used some of her products, haven't you? I have. They're, they're amazing. So they're like magical materia, I guess. There's some incense, there's candles, there's um, hydrosol sprays, there's oils. And basically the idea is that you use that magical material on these specific days or times to really get like a blessing from the planet. And I think even if you're, well, have, we'd have to check, but you know, the moon Jupiter conjunction is really nice, obviously for activating Jupiter stuff. Um, if it is Thursday, I mean, any Thursday, you don't have to wait for this week, but, uh, or doesn't, doesn't have to be only this week, you know, wearing Royal blue or wearing gold colors, are lovely to honor the energy of Jupiter. Um, so that can be, you know, a little way just to try and bring him in too, if you're not going to do the full ritual. But Caitlin has a lot of free stuff. Oh, yeah, Leash, go for Because we're actually recording this on a Thursday. So, of course, we should have some um, <laughs> and Jupiter magic. And this is magic. my ritual cloth that I sewed up for my Jupiter ritual. Oh, I'm not holding it up the right way. That's, that's great, Leash. The royal blue and the yellow colours and just really bringing it in Um just as a way to kind of, you know, I usually use it at sunrise on a Thursday. I will have to get hold of some of Caitlin's products to accentuate it. But, yeah, it is just that beautiful way to enhance and connect into planetary energies. And, yeah, I've been 
um, working with the, with a few clients lately as well to help them with the placements of their planets in their natal charts as well. So that's another way you can do it. Yeah, um, if anyone's wondering, yeah, uh, if anyone's wondering about the timing of this, um, in Australia at least, the evening of the 27th um, is ideal to get that going as the moon is applying to uh, to Jupiter um, because it makes the exact conjunction just after midnight. So mm. before we go to bed, do a little, um, you know, prayer to Jupiter to uh, activate his influence in your own chart. Yeah. Awesome. And on Caitlin's site, there's plenty of uh, guidance on how to go about doing that too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I think we will have to do uh, – looking for north america um i think by the time we get to um by the time we get to thursday morning the moon has gone into capricorn so um yeah maybe earlier in the week tuesday night we'll have the moon applying tuesday in the day um what's the night of jupiter which day of the week's that oh sunday night is it sunday i'm not sure i'm guessing a little bit Yes, it is. That's right, because yeah. I did a ritual on set, yeah. Yeah. So lots of Jupiter. So And I think it's also, I mean, just to go back to the Moon-Jupiter piece, there's it's also this is a midweek of this week is a nice chance to check in with your Jupiter and Sag goals and projects. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think of a piece that you were saying, Kel, as well, that it's a different energy from the day before in, you know, letting go. I almost feel like especially if this is affecting relationship areas within your chart, it's a chance to let things go so that new opportunities can come in. Mm. And this, you know, you're really making that space. Um, You know, as I said in the last episode, if if your cup is full um, of a bitter tonic, then, you know, it'll take a lot of sweet stuff to sweeten that up. But if you can empty out that bitter tonic first, then, you know, it won't take too much sweet, you know, of, of this sweet liquid to come in to help you feel the benefits of, of what this transit are. So, yeah, I feel like it's it's actually a great opportunity that, you know, one the day after the other. And, you know, at the end of the week then um, is the aspect I wanted to talk about, which is the Venus square Uranus which is really doing things differently really you know there's such an unconventional nature to how we approach relationships and you know those Venus things it's it's almost like bringing together a really eclectic group of people who can really share and 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 brainstorm and work things out together um and and just be inspired I feel I mean there is that part of Uranus which can really break things apart but it's it's so that the new and the fresh can come together um you know a a good example of this my husband and I for my husband's business went to a gathering of food entrepreneurs the other day and um it just feels like this perfect Venus Uranus energy and you know everyone was talking about food and and the things they love to get together and nurturing and nourishing their bodies um but they were doing it in a really innovative way looking at new trends and ways that you can be with it you know looking at um new ways of using farming technology and agriculture and different things like that um and this is right before Uranus moves into Taurus so it's almost like that lead that touch because Uranus is going to move into Taurus which is Venus's sign so I feel like it's that you know Venus 
horse is kind of taking Uranus by the hand or by the collar <laughs> and walking him into the field of, of Venusian things and Venusian changes. So it feels like, yeah, in relationships, in what we value and all those different things, we're going to see some really, have some really new perspectives and some new insights on what's possible in that particular area of our lives. Um, what about you girls? What do you think about this transit? No. Kath, I'm like, do you want to go? <laughs> Oh, look, I always love a Venus-Uranus transit because it adds a bit of excitement. It's like a breath of fresh air. It's shaking things up, definitely helping us break out of any ruts or kind of boring patterns or habits that we might be in. Now, that could be to do with food or eating. It could be relationships. It could even be to do with work or money. It'll depend a little bit on, um, you know, where Capricorn is in your chart or what houses Venus might rule for you. Like, for instance, where do you have Taurus and Libra in your chart? They can get the shape up of the Venus Uranus square. Uh, so I do like, I mean, but that's because in my natal chart, I don't have a lot of fixed placements. And so I'm kind of predisposed towards change and trying something new and doing things differently. Um, not that I like, you know, don't have any stubborn points because I do. And my husband would tell you that I do. Um, but generally speaking, I like the idea of shaking things up and refreshing things. So I'm, I think it's going to create a really fun energy over the weekend. I think it's coming through primarily on Saturday, the first of March. Um, and so that's going to, you know, there may be some unexpected changes of plans this weekend, but like, just be flexible be spontaneous go with it being spur of the moment or a bit impulsive can like lead to these things you wouldn't even have expected this weekend yeah totally what about you Cass yeah a lot of what you say too I mean I think there is that um you know when everything changes when things are changing change everything so just yeah. don't kind of hold on to um, you know, for anybody who's got a fixed Venus, which I think is uh, you and me, Lishi. <laughs> Sometimes it's not until we um, oh, get influenced by Uranus. Sometimes you don't sometimes realise how fixed or stubborn you can be in certain aspects of your life. So, um, yeah, but there is that kind of excitement and anticipation type of feel when Uranus is involved with Venus you know what's going to happen what's going to happen and I like that I really do but I have to confess it does get a little bit tiring too sometimes when you know um when things are changing you get to the end of it and this yeah. also happens at the 29th degree so it is kind of like oh god is this happening again like sort of feel to it um, where change is exciting, it keeps things fresh, um, you know, what's possible, but that can get exhausting to the point of it can be almost like a soul tiredness can happen with too much Uranus, a real sense of burnout. So it might be a little bit, as you said too, Lishi, that entree to what we can expect with the longer uh, ingress of Venus, uh, sorry, uh, Uranus into Taurus as well. So um, I guess for the uh, Taurian parts of your life, you know, just strap yourself in because it's just going to continue to change whether you like it or you don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the last major aspects for, you know, Uranus in Aries as well. I think the, the, the next ones are just the moon because it moves in on the 6th. So it's, um, yeah, like, for those of us that have planets or placements in the last degrees of Aries, that's it. 
and it, it, it's nice that it's Venus. You know, it, it's not Mars, it's not Saturn. Um, it's almost like a fond farewell uh, rather than a, you know, get the hell out of here. Um, that, that potentially could happen with this. So, you know, for anyone that is really like me and actually counting down the hours until your runs moves into Taurus, um, yeah, it's getting closer and this Venus aspect is going to be, I guess, a last, yeah, a last chance to just explore the themes of this and, and really um, bring yourself together and, and have a look at what you've learnt from all of that over the last seven years. Well, I guess while we say sayonara to Uranus and Aries, then we have another set of adventures that we can talk about next week. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have so much to say <laughs> in our next episode because that's the week. Uranus is coming to Taurus. Oh, man. It's it's really it's, here. It's not quite like Santa Claus coming to town, but it, I know. it's definitely going to bring a few surprises, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah, so a new area where we can get excited and tired. It sort of feels like that, you know, when kids are kind of get to their crazy stage where they're overtired and they just become yeah. so, um, uh, like, non, you know, modus comprehendus is just not there. Um, it's like where the Aries part of your life is just done and now it's like, okay, let's just take a little bit of a, a breath, a reset, a refresh, slow down a little bit just so the bull can start charging. So, yeah. <laughs> I can almost hear you, like, preparing for this. I'm bracing myself. I have just a few planets in Taurus. Just a few. Look, I have survived Uranus in Pisces, uh, although I do appreciate Pisces is probably more open to what Uranus is bringing than well, Taurus. I did. Taurus is like the least likely sign to enjoy Uranus. Well, I mean, I had Uranus all over my lights over the last couple of I years. I know, having cardinal, cardinal, but that was, right? that was, yeah, that's like a shift that you can just kind of like rock and roll with, right? But yeah. When it's like um, when Uranus comes along and disrupts the foundation that you hold on to the most, which is what Taurus does, Um it is a little bit more unnerving. Mm -hmm. yes. And it's sort of like, you know, I see this with, uh, you know, talking to clients too. It's like, it's almost like that once bitten, twice shy when Uranus is kind of, you put your fingers in the fire with Uranus and you got burned a little bit in the Aries part. Um, th then, of course, you go into that totally different zone of Taurus where there's a lot more caution and reserve around the potential changes. Yeah, there's definitely hesitation. I mean, I've noticed this in client sessions where when you say the word change or shake up and you say it to an Aries client, they're like, hmm, what do you mean? Tell me. Like there's almost a curiosity to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But if, yeah. You say, if you say change or shake up to a client who's got a lot of fixed planets, like a lot of planets. They're almost Taurus out the door Leo before you finish the sentence. They're like, what do you mean? And the arms go across the chest and it's like this immediate defensiveness. Like, is this going to be bad? Like, and I'm <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, the, like, you know that. What? what? Like what? it's like you're talking a different language when you mention the C word. <laughs> the C word, exactly. Integrated <laughs> C word. Um, and yeah, so, as you said, it's not just it's not just Taurus too. It's it's anyone. All for all the signs. fix. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. so, but for me as a Scorpio, you know, with four four planets, but three planets in Scorpio, part of a five-planet stellium, um, you know, I've 
I'm actually, I don't think it's going to be as dramatic. I don't know. I just feel like the water, the watery fixed sign, it, it transmutes it a bit more. Like if there is that ability to change and be the flexibility, um, it still doesn't love change, but there is a little bit more water to it than the poor old Taurus. You could just, just take a deep dive and escape all the drama. <laughs> I know, but the, there's demons down there. <laughs> I think Scorpio does do drama. Like, it's a different kind of drama to Leo, but it definitely has a level. I think our friend and colleague Sam Reynolds on Twitter was talking about Scorpio for Scorpio because he's like, there is more drama to the Scorpios than people realize. Yeah. So. Oh, anyway, totally. It's, a, it's just I the underhanded like... drama. It's a drama you find out when you get a few drinks into them and then they start revealing. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Oh. But on the surface, oh, everything is just like They're a like ducks. placid lake. Yeah. I'm not like that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, hello. What about the other <laughs> stuff in your chart? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Of course I'm like I'm that. thinking of a certain <laughs> friend who stuff. shall remain nameless and he is not a part of this trio. But and also I just think you'll know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so you're getting your own you know too. Stuff in. I love it. But I think as well that Scorpios do create drama to avoid those demons in the deep, you know, because it's like, oh, well, if I can be up here on the surface creating drama, then I'm not having to deal with all that stuff that's underneath. Um, mm. That's a lot of what I've noticed in clients. So it's like, you know, if you do find yourself as a Scorpio in drama and in crazy, you know, chowing down at that buffet, crazy, have a look at what you're not dealing with. Um, yeah. Have a have a look at where you should love be to do that. It's their favourite thing. <laughs> avoidance, avoidance is a key thing there. Yeah. Um, so that's giving people lots of food for thought for this week and giving people some thoughts for next week. Um, anything you guys want to share um, that you have going on this week? Or coming oh, up? Good question, Kel. Uh, so much. I will have um, my new moon gathering next week and okay. I'm doing it on the beach because oh. it's new moon in Pisces. So oh. um, when is that? Oh, what are you doing? Just literally the, fourth of the date the other day. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Of March. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it's the day before that I'm doing it. Anyway, like my, if you're on the Sunshine Coast, like my future frequency page and yeah it, the last new moon gathering sold out pretty quick so oh, sixth sorry maybe it's the sixth but somewhere yeah. around there early i don't have my calendar in front of me and i don't want to yeah so anyway That's okay I'll, I'll put it up. people can get the info on your facebook page or your website yes and i'll put it on my show notes how's on that show notes. oh even better That's great. yes <laughs> and what about you cass you said you had loads happening yeah, I'll probably have my head right into 2020 by then, um, marinating some of those transits in my mind and writing about them. So that's probably what I will be doing. Yes, you should be doing those. <laughs> <laughs> if your editor gets herself organised. <laughs> well, I'm uh, making space for that. <laughs> oh, my God, too funny. Um what do I have going on? Okay, so that's what you have going on, Cass. Um, I will have uh, my next online class is starting in March. Uh, it's on career astrology and we'll be doing a combination of career astrology in the natal chart and then timing around career astrology. So it's a four-part online class. The first, whenever we release a new class or whenever I release a new class, we do a live presentation. So there'll be a new class coming out each week for four weeks starting um, towards the end of March. 
and you can join, you can come to the live class. Even if you can't make the live classes, you can uh, get the video download. You'll be given access to the course portal online. There's reading, there's homework. You know, you'll have a lot of fun. You'll learn a heap of stuff. So I'll get uh, the leash, uh, the leash, the leash for link, um, the link for leash to go in the show notes. <laughs> That's what Mercury and Pisces does all the time. Gets tongue twisted. Yeah. Uh, especially when it's quick. So where can you find us? So Leash, you're at, do you have your new website? I just, give us I'm not saying right? anything. Just, okay. Okay. Okay, so just, just watch this space. I'm really URL. hoping that I don't want to jinx it. Yep. So okay, my old so URL is futurefrequency.com.au. The new one will be alishayusuf.com. So I'll try either one. Yes. Yes. And Cass, you're at cassandratindle.com. That's me. I'm remembering. And you guys can find me at kellysastrology.com. And, of course, we've got our lovely Water Trio Facebook page where you can uh, find links to each of our episodes there as well. So thanks, gals, for another fun episode. And I'll talk to you both next week. Yay. Bye, girls. See you in uh, Uranus and Taurus. Yeah, <laughs> in a whole new era. <laughs> Where's Uranus? <laughs> <laughs> We're out. <laughs>